Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Blake Street Irregulars, your local Colorado Rockies podcast on Mile High Sports. My name is Sean Drotar, and with me today is the editor-in-chief of Mile High Sports magazine, Doug Ottawill. As always, the podcast is brought to you by our friends at Tap 14. Uh, September is almost upon us. I know it sounds crazy, but it is, and the Rockies are absolutely in the thick of the playoff hunt. So make sure you stop by Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, just a cat corner of the home plate entrance of Coors Field, and a couple steps uh, to your right in that direction so terrific rooftop bar uh, it's an amazing view up there you can see all of what's going along on blake street there are 70 colorado beers on tap more than 100 colorado distilled spirits the food's delicious you can go there before or after the rockies games they have great specials and it's a lot of fun make sure you check it out at tap14.com spell that out tap14.com um, as i mentioned doug ottawill you can follow doug on twitter at d ottawill and uh, he's been editor of the new our new mile high sports magazine which just comes out out. Actually, it'll come out later this week yep. uh, for the Big Rocky Mountain Showdown, just in time for that between uh, CU and CSU. But we were talking before we started the podcast about the Rockies and how they handled this uh, most recent homestand. They ended up splitting at three and three, which to a certain point isn't disastrous. But two of the three losses they had to St. Louis, that's a team they're pursuing. Right. Now they're pursuing. They didn't necessarily have to be pursuing them, but now they are. And you have to play better than they played. The two losses were both of the blowout variety. And the, even the win, the win was 9-1 to one on Saturday. One but, inning. But it was one inning. <laughs> yeah. Right. This team did really. It's great re- inning. <laughs> they did not play very well over the course of the weekend. And you brought up something really, really interesting. That they really hadn't played all that well. The rubber match of that series and a very important game for the Rockies on a Sunday. They didn't go with all the starters. Bud Black decided right. to go in a different direction. And I think, you know, over the years, the the quote-unquote Sunday lineup has been something that's been a great source of irritation, I think, for Rockies fans. I, I think with Walt Weiss, it was like clockwork. It was, um, you know, it was just the default. There was no thinking involved. It was just, hey, it's Sunday this guy, this guy, and this guy are going to be out because we need to give people rest, and this is how we're going to do it. Bud Black, I think, it, to his credit, has managed the Sunday lineup considerably better than than previous managers in Colorado. And, and I think that has to be said um, before I say this uh, criticism, which is – and look, this was, not a, this was not a Sunday lineup that you're embarrassed about there was an omission in center field that I think you have to kind of question. And Charlie Blackman, like we were talking, he was he was hitting, I think he was three for nine in the previous two games against the Cardinals, so definitely not cold. Um, you know, not red hot by any means, but I don't understand why you take kind of the pulse of your team and you bench him in the middle of what is definitely a playoff push. And I, I look... Charlie deserves a day off just like anybody else, but I, I kind of think, hey, unless he's really hurt, like this is a guy you need, and when it's a guy you paid more than a hundred million dollars in the offseason right. to secure his services, too. right? And, and it's not just because he's a good outfielder, uh, but it's he's your leadoff guy. He's a good situational hitter. He can hit for power, and it's not that I have any problem with with David Dahl replacing him or David Dahl getting some some playing time and keeping him sharp. Um, it's not really even that I have a problem with Matt Holiday getting in the game. It's that I think this time of the year, you know, for one, you, you go with, what is the old saying? You dance with the girl who brung you. Right. Uh, 
so I, I kind of subscribe to that, but also I think you got to look at it and say, you know, would you be, would you be better off to have Charlie Blackman starting David Dahl in, in left? Um, and then if you need a pinch hitter, which they did later on in the game, I mean, it's a blowout, but if you need one, wouldn't it be better to give Matt holiday his looks then? Yeah. And let's talk about Matt holiday. I think everyone from a just sort of an emotional standpoint, likes the lift, likes having a it's guy fantastic that's one story. of the best players. Yeah. The story, the story's great. Uh, but since he's been called up, he had been in every game. He started two of the games. Now, Matt holiday is 38 years old and, and with all due respect, there's a reason he wasn't on a contending team at 38 years old or on any team, and it was available for the Rockies to get him. And I do worry if they're going to have him in the Jason Giambi role, the idea that when Giambi was with the team for a few years that he's going to come in and pinch hit probably – Eight games out of ten, the situation will come up for him to pinch hit. Yeah. And I guess here and there, out of desperation, you can play him in the field. But Holiday has already started two of these four games. The one that he pinch hit, uh, one of the two he pinch hit, he hit the home run. And it looks like he's got a little left in the tank. But I wonder, why would you have a guy that you just brought in basically get inserted into almost your starting lineup immediately when your team had gotten you to this point without him. It's not any denigration of Matt Holiday, but I, I wonder if there's a, a temptation because it's Matt Holiday that Bud Black feels like he has to play him more or something, but it seems like there's going to be a point where there's diminishing returns there. Like yeah. He's 38. I mean, I think if you take the name off the back of the jersey, y- people, if it wasn't Matt Holiday, would be saying, why, why is this guy playing right now? Why is this guy getting this much playing time? Um, I'm okay. I, here's my defense of it, is that if you do want a guy to come in and play that Jason Giambi role as you really, really get into crunch time down the seat, you know, down the stretch, you want a guy who's had a good handful of at-bats at the major league level. And like you said, we see that Matt Holiday still has something left in the tank. We see, we see that he has the ability to put the ball out of the park um, like you did on, on Saturday night. And that's great. And I think if I'm Bud Black, if I'm trying to say, okay, why, why am I playing him as opposed to Dahl, as opposed to Para, um, or even McMahon, you know, it's maybe to get him back acclimated to major league pitching for when I start needing him as a pinch hitter. And I'm okay with that on the flip side. And he didn't play bad. I mean, he's, he's hitting 333 right now right, so three i mean for he's, first he's not playing bad um but i think you know should you sort of upset the apple cart against the cardinals a team that you're chasing and a team that's you know going to factor in i don't know and it's look this is not you know I, bud black has been nothing short of phenomenal all year that's not to say that bud black can't and hasn't or won't make a mistake here and there every manager does and I don't even know that, that I would call that a mistake. I mean, it's it's impossible to say the Rockies lost to the Cardinals. They they didn't win the series because of Matt Holiday. That no, would be because that would be irresponsible to say. Sandblasted. Tyler Anderson was a disaster in and so they didn't even make it out of the first inning. And he's been uh He's fallen off. It wasn't that long ago where you and I talked about this, and and we thought he was maybe the best pitcher the Rockies had. Yeah, and not 
lately. Uh, right. When we look at what's happened to him in the last few games, the last uh, month roughly, his uh, ratio of ground ball to fly balls is really skewed towards fly balls, especially at Coors Field. That's going to be a disaster. So you, you're seeing uh, basically the ball's elevating in the zone a little bit, allowing guys to really get up and lift it. That's something that's got to be fixed. But now you look at uh, Antonio Senzatella, who I think is fine as a fifth guy. I don't mm. know if he's necessarily special as a starter. Pitched very well in Atlanta. Than a yeah, he pitched well. But uh, Bettis, I think, is rightly removed from the rotation. But where do you go? They have nowhere else to go here with the rotation. It sounds like you just have to put Tyler Anderson out there. But at, at the moment, you know, multiple starts now, he's giving up five, six, seven earned runs. And it's getting worse instead of better. Yeah, and that's the thing is that because because he is who he is and he's your, your, your lefty in the lineup, you're – you know, it's tough to just pull that out because you can't trot out five right-handed, you know. Well, and you have to have someone to replace him on top of that. Right. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's a it's a, it's a tough one. He definitely has not performed well of late. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a tricky one. And, and, hey, look, this, this rotation for the most part has been pretty good, and, you, you know, you can't expect everybody to be on in the entire season. And, and that – they haven't been, but I think Bud Black's managed that pretty well. But this is a challenge for a manager to try to figure out how to how to replace him. Yeah, if you were to, if you were, and I think in Anderson's case too, it's you know recency bias plays into effect. I know that after uh, Sensatella uh, pitched against the the Cardinals and and you know wasn't all that great in his last outing that. Um, when when he played and it wasn't all that great, people look at it and say, "Oh, see, there he is." But then again, his his previous six starts to that really only had one hiccup where he gave up four. So right. it, you get, you look at at least what Tyler Anderson's done over the year and think there's a reason that he can turn it around. It's just that the Rockies can't afford to, to wait much longer because as it stands, they are in an absolute mess. You're talking about multiple teams within a game and a half at the top of the NL West, uh, multiple teams within two games of the wild card. And the Rockies, the only way to get out of that traffic jam is to start winning games. They, they were uh, mediocre at home. They have now a, a six-game road trip. They have two against the uh, Angels. That starts tonight. That'll be on national television as we record this on a Monday. And they have Monday, Tuesday. They have Wednesday off. And then they have a four-gamer in San Diego in a team that it feels like with San Diego, you have to win three or four on the road. And they haven't been that good against San Diego this year for some reason. Yeah, it's odd that that's a team that's been their bugaboo. But, you know, I think you mentioned all those teams kind of sitting there both at in contention for their own division and obviously in the mix for the wild card, if they don't win their own division, there's a ton of teams there. So I think what's really going to boil down to is which team is red hot at the end of the year. Right. Because you may very well be right. Because it's, you know, to expect that everybody's going to kind of continue to cancel themselves out and play, you know, five, 600 ball. There's just too many teams. Like someone's going to have to separate themselves from the pack. And I think, you know, having a a Rocktober or a twenty one to twenty two kind of stretch is that's far fetched for any yeah, team. It's not but, realistic. But what the Rockies did in August, were, were they eighteen and four right. at one stretch? I mean, like that's the kind of that's the kind of production they're going to need. And as much as I want to be optimistic about what this team has done, where they're at, and and what they are still capable of doing. I almost wonder if that stretch back in August was sort of their twenty-one to twenty-two. Had they had they peaked there? Yeah, yeah, and, and it you know it's hard to say. You you, you hope that's not the case, but uh, I think uh, this team has every shot that every other team does. But they are going to have to be hot 
to get in. Yeah, we'll have to see how that shakes out. Obviously, we take it a, a game at a time, a, a week at a time. But looking forward a bit through September after they get back from the Padres uh, series, they have a, a few games at home there. They get a nice homestand of 10 games, but then they immediately go on the road for nine more. So uh, when you look at the homestand, you say, okay, three and three, and the Cardinals are really good. Well, that's not that bad. The problem is what it forces you to do is have a great road trip because yeah. you can't hover around 500 now. It's not going to get the job done. The Rockies are aiming for something bigger. So it will be fascinating to see where they go. John Gray takes the hill for the uh, Rockies to start the series. It would be an opportunity for him to uh, actually lead the team to a 10th consecutive win during one of his starts. He doesn't have all 10 pitchers wins because pitchers wins are weird stats anyway. But the team has won in his last 10 starts, where it's in Tyler Anderson's. They have lost in his last six. So hopefully they can get that turned around. In the meantime, make sure you check out uh, MileHighSports.com and Mile High Sports Magazine. The magazine's out right now. Has the Denver Broncos uh, rookie linebacker Bradley Chubb on the cover and a, a good look at all Denver Broncos. We know that the, there's Broncos. Broncos fans out here listen to this. So the magazine's a good uh, good place to start. You can also listen to the Broncos Blitz podcast with Ronnie K. He does that uh, in this exact same place where you listen to this. So it's easy to get to. And then like we talked about uh, coming out this week for this week's big game, uh, our college football edition with uh, the Rocky yep. Mountain Showdown. And uh, whether you're a Ram or a Buff, you can pick your poison. There's something in it for you. Yeah, for either one of them. So uh, make sure you check that out. And again, please follow Doug on Twitter at DAudible. You can find out everything about what's going on in the magazine there. And, you know, just Woody Repartee because, you know, he's a writer. And he's <laughs> a, that kind of wonderful touch. Right. So, uh, thanks a lot, Doug. We'll have to talk about this later. I, I love the idea of the, the Sunday lineup, which the Rockies, look, they have four more, five more Sundays. I think it's time to put the pedal to the metal. Yeah. No, no more. The days off come on the schedule. You know where they are. Exactly. Otherwise, I think they need to get moving. It'll be interesting. Get to your see. sleep. Yeah, get your <laughs> sleep now. It's fine. <laughs> uh, exactly. So, uh, for Doug, my name is Sean Drotar. Make sure you check out our friends at Tap 14 as well. Check them out at tap14.com. We'll check back later in the week. Hopefully, the Rockies do well against the Angels and can really. Uh, Hit the, hit the ground running with the Padres because they need to bank those wins to make this a very interesting September for the Rockies. It's all in their hands now. They've played hard enough and well enough to be able to have this really be up to them in the way they play. So hopefully they'll end up continuing to play well because, hey, I'll be honest, I'm intrigued with what the Broncos do too, but I don't think they're playoff bound. So we'll see if the Rockies can get it done. <laughs> Thanks again for listening. For Doug, I'm Sean. This is Blake Studer Regulars on Mile High Sports.